Romans 16. I commend to you Phoebe, our sister, who is a servant of the church in Sincrea, that you may receive her in the Lord in a manner worthy of the saints and assist her in whatever business she has need of you. For indeed, she has been a helper of many and of myself also. So here now we're in the section, Paul closing out the letter, these final greetings and exhortations. And as I was studying this chapter, one thing that really jumped out at me is just thinking about all these names here that are, are listed uh, and that Paul, he's, he's greeting uh, these people in Rome uh, and sending greetings from others to Rome. And we think about the relationships that Paul had and others had in the church. And you also see reputations that certain people have. And so that's, that's the title of my sermon today, Church Relationships and Reputations. And as we're reading through this chapter, that's, I think, valuable for us to kind of think about our own lives today, ask the Lord to speak to us related to our relationships with others in the church, and kind of what is our reputation uh, in the church? You know, we, we have Paul uh, mentioning this first lady here, Phoebe, who apparently uh, maybe, maybe carried this letter to Rome uh, and had some, some type of business that she was conducting there. Maybe she was a businesswoman. Uh, it says she was a servant of the church in, in Sincrea. But we can see about this woman that she had a certain reputation uh, with Paul. And wouldn't it be an honor to be mentioned in the Bible and, and uh, to be commended uh, by Paul, by God? And, and I think about our own lives. You know, what, what do we want sort of be to be written over our lives uh how would god describe us in a few words and and i would hope it would be he loved me he loved others and he and he worked hard in my kingdom you know it, it's interesting as i was uh i've been reading through revelation preparing to to teach through revelation and you see the, the letters to the seven churches, and you'll notice as Christ addresses each of these churches, he says in every single case, I believe it is, he kind of starts out his exhortation to that church, and he'll say, I know your works. And, and I just thought that was interesting that the Lord knows our works. He knows how we're serving him. He notices that. He doesn't forget our, our, our labor of love, that, that scripture in Hebrews. Uh, he has, God has not forget, I, I didn't have a chance to look it up, but he has not forget, forgotten your work and your labor of love that you've, you've done among the saints. And we, we see uh, this woman, Phoebe, Paul, pointing her out to, to the, the Roman church. She's a sister. She's 
someone who has helped many and he, and she's helped me that's a reputation that's a relationship right she was a sister she was in the family you know it was interesting how steve was praying uh just before i came up and and he began to pray about uh the church being a family I, well that's kind of what i'm preaching on today relationships and reputations you know what what are your relationships in the church are you taking responsibility to pursue relationships or are you sitting back and saying, well, nobody's loving me. Nobody's paying attention to me. I believe me, I've heard that as a pastor, you know, and, and I would try to encourage people, well, why don't you be the one to pursue relationships? Don't sit back and wait for others to love you. But there are people that need to be loved all around you. They need to be prayed for. They, they want a friend. They want fellowship. And as Steve prayed, we're a family. In fact, it can be even closer than a family, right? I mean, you have a family that maybe they're not believers. And and we have a bond with one another that can even be closer than family. So just think about that today as we read through this passage and, and we see references to, hey, this brother, this sister, uh, Paul sharing his heart about um, how, how he'll identify certain people as, oh, my beloved Roger or my be- my beloved Karen. Um, and that's a, obviously a, a a term of affection and endearment, basically saying, hey, I, I love you. I, I, I want to let you know that. And sometimes we think of Paul, you know, he's a pretty tough guy, but he was also a, a man who loved people. He, he had the heart of the Lord. And so he invested time in people. He, he, made it a priority. And and the other thing I want to mention as we're reading through this chapter and thinking about relationships and thinking about our reputation, how others would view us, how ultimately the Lord would view us, right? That's what really matters. How he looks at us and he says, hey, I know your works. I know what you're doing. I, I see that and it's valuable to me. And then along with that, you know, there may be some Correction, but as we think about relationships and reputation, think about it not in uh, the sense that oh you're falling short, you know, because we can all look at our lives and say oh man I could do better and 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 kind of take it as a condemnation. Try not to do that. Try to try to as the Lord speaks to you and shows you maybe things He wants to change. Look at it as it more of a prayer kind of project. And and I was thinking of this scripture. If you go up verse chapter 15, verse 30, where Paul was begging the people to pray for him, that they would strive together with me in prayers to God. And this is something that's really been on my heart about striving in prayer related to things in our lives. And we were kind of talking about this in our our pre-service prayer this morning, that, um, you know, as God shows you something that he wants to change in your life, or, or maybe he gives you a vision, a calling, he wants something he wants you to do, or he shows you, hey, you know, why don't you pursue this relationship or try to minister to this person? Now, so God shows that to you, right? And, and, and we've all had those times, like, I feel like the Lord's leading me in this. Now, do you think that thing's just going to come easy? that you're going to now begin to walk in that God's called you to do you, you know, and this is something I've had to learn and I'm still learning. Believe me, when God gives you a vision of something, that's great. You've, you've seen God's will, but man, 
now the real work begins of, first of all, prayer, striving in prayer. That that word can even mean uh, like agonizing in prayer. And if you think the devil is just going to stand by while you start to walk in the will of God, do you understand how threatened he is? Man, if you're wandering around in the wilderness and you're not doing God's will, he's not threatened by you. He'll kind of leave you alone. But man, as soon as you step into like, well, I heard God, God spoke to me, you know, to teach that Sunday school class or to get involved in worship or to, you know, help in this ministry. God spoke to me. Man, you better get your armor on. That's awesome God spoke to you. But now get your armor on and get in the battle, and you better start agonizing in prayer because there are going to be things resisting you. Okay, so what I'm talking about is the church life that we've been talking about so much as we've been reading through Romans, how we see the doctrine is taught, God's showing us how to walk in grace, walk in the power of his Holy Spirit because of the grace of Christ and the cross. We, we've talked a lot about that, we, and, and hopefully we're, we're learning that. But then God says, okay, you've learned to walk in my power now by grace, but now what should your life look like? It should be a life of service and relationships in the church. And, and that's not just, oh, Pastor Rick is trying to, you know, recruit people for service in the church. I, I'm trying to look at the Word of God and say, what, what is God spending time talking about? What, what is the emphasis God is making in His Word related to certain subjects? You know, that's why we try to teach through the Bible, not treat, teach topically. Because I, I, if I start reading through the last part of Romans, and it's like, man, he just keeps talking about church life, church life, get along with one another, use your gifts, uh, get along with one another, quit you know, causing trouble. It's all about church life. So I, I have to conclude this is important to God because he's spending a lot of time in his word saying, once you learn to walk in my power and grace, now don't go out there and try to live the Christian life on your own. Get involved in the church, find out what your gifts are, start walking in them, and you'll be blessed, but you're also entering into a battle. So as we're looking through this chapter, and we're going to move quickly because Steve took up all my time. I mean, uh, you know, we're running out of time. We're going to move quickly, but long introduction. But I, I think it's important as we we think about church life, we think about, we look at these individual lives and the relationships they had and the reputations they had, that we then begin to pray, Lord, we want that in our church. We want that in our lives. And begin to strive in prayer, and, and, and then we'll begin to see God do these things as we pray and, and walk in his will. So Phoebe, she's a sister, verse 1, chapter 16. So that, that family relationship is so important in the church, guys. Think of your, those around you in the church, They're your brothers and sisters. So there should be some loyalty there, right? There should be unity. There should be really making an effort to get along with one another, to forgive one another, to get to know one another. Really, get to know one another. And I had coffee with uh, Hector the other day, and, man, I was just kind of, you know, peppering him with questions about his background and his life. I just want to get to know him more, you know. And he, he he's my brother. And so he's commending sister to the uh, Sister Phoebe to the church and saying, hey, guys, receive her in the Lord, you know, be, be courteous to her as a manner worthy of the saints. And I, and I think that just speaks of 
the way we receive somebody in the church, maybe a visitor, you know, guys, let's let's be here. Let's be ready to greet people, to receive them and, and be polite. And, and uh, you know, it's kind of, especially as a visitor, you're, you're coming into a new a new place and it's kind of awkward. It's kind of scary. And, and we want to be those type of people that know how to welcome people and make them feel welcomed and ask them about themselves, you know, that we, we want to get to know them. And then, um, it says in chapter verse two there, she's been a helper of many and of myself also. So she was his servant in the church. That was her reputation. And she was a kind of person that, just wanted to help those in the kingdom of God, wanted to support the church. And then verse 3, it says, Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who risked their own necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. So Priscilla and Aquila, this couple that were fellow workers with Paul. So interesting in that word fellow workers, you see both relationship and a reputation as a worker, fellow workers. And isn't that good when we work together in the church? You know, we, we serve the Lord together. We can develop relationships. And, and they were a couple, Paul's saying, that were willing to sacrifice. They risk their own necks for my life. And, and often serving the Lord, it is a sacrifice. It's not easy. And, and we have to understand that as we serve the Lord in the church, that often, it, you know, it's, we're not going to risk our life, you know, serving hopefully in Calvary Chapel, but uh, certainly there, there are times when it's a sacrifice and, and, uh, the Lord sees that. And so he was grateful to them. And it says, not only Paul was grateful, but all the churches of the Gentiles. So this couple had a tremendous influence. Think about it. All of the churches of the Gentiles. So they ministered to Paul, supported Paul. And I think really what Paul's saying there is, because they supported me, I was able to minister to all the churches. And so Man, you can have such an impact supporting a person that God's put before. You know, I was talking to to Larry this morning about um, their their nephew Sam Percy, who we we prayed for, who's in Bible college, and some of the sacrifices that the Nortons have gone through in ministering to to that family. And I thought, you know, you don't know where this young man is going to end up. He could be the next Greg Laurie, the next Billy Graham. And if you know Sam, he's very serious about ministry and he and he knows he's called to the ministry and he's going to Bible college and you know their their sacrifice and support for this one man could could multiply into who knows what, right? So that's why it's important when we see a person before us, we might think, well, you know, what impact can I have? This is just one person. Well, Priscilla and Aquila impacted the life of Paul, supported Paul, and and look at the influence that Paul had. Paul could not have done what he did without people like Priscilla and Aquila. So take seriously that person God has put before you to minister to them. And you know what? There is going to be sacrifice that comes along with that. But, man, it's going to be worth it on the day 
when you stand before the Lord, he says, hey, I saw your works and your sacrifice, and here's your reward. Verse 5, likewise, greet the church that is in their house. And so they, they were busy people, right? They had a, a, a home church. And, uh, you know, that's something we're praying about right now. Uh, we're having a uh, leadership meeting today uh, after church. And we're one thing we're really praying about as leaders is, is having more of uh, home ministry, home Bible studies. So uh, be praying about that for us. And it says, verse 5, greet my beloved Eponidas, who is the first fruits of Acacia to Christ. So there you see that, that Paul sending that love greeting, my beloved Eponidas. And the, the, the relationship there, <clears throat> Paul just saying, hey, I love you, brother. You know, sometimes that's good to say, you know, man, I just love you. I care about you. You mean a lot to me. Verse 6, greet Mary who labored much for us. So, yeah, look, I, we all know who, who that is in our church, right? The Nortons have a reputation of, of being hard workers. And, and I, hi, hi, Mary, uh, you worked a lot for me. Uh, so, man, reputation. That's a beautiful thing to have. Greet uh, Androticus and Junia, my countrymen and my fellow prisoners who are of note among the apostles who also were in Christ before me. So different ways to interpret this verse, but what what I think is being said here, um, Andronicus and in, in, uh, Junia were well-known by the apostles. They weren't apostles themselves, but, um, you know, some some ministries you have, it may be to uh, important people. It may be to leaders, and that was just their, their calling, and, and all of the apostles apparently knew uh, these people, and uh, again, they had sacrificed. They were fellow prisoners with Paul, but uh, so yeah, you never you never know what your particular ministry is going to be. That's why you have to hear from the Lord and do what He's calling you to do. And it, and it may be you're ministering to influential people. Uh, it may be you know your next door neighbor. You just need we just all need to follow what the Lord is calling us to do. Verse eight, greet. Amphilus, my my beloved in the Lord. So there we see Paul's uh, love relationship, just saying, "Hey, I, tell, tell Amphilus." Uh, I don't know if that's a man or a woman, honestly, but uh, I could have looked that up, I guess, before. But but basically saying, "I love this person. Let let them know that." And and I think Paul, you know, he's sending these greetings to the church in Rome with these relationships. He had with people in Rome, which is interesting because he'd never been to Rome, but apparently um, he had met these people in, in, in other places. Uh, so verse 9, greet Urbanus, our fellow worker in Christ, and Statius, my beloved. So there you have relationship, reputation. Urbanus had this reputation of being a worker in Christ, a fellow worker, had worked alongside of Paul. Greet Apelles, approved in Christ. 
Now, you know, maybe Apelles needed to hear this. Uh, you know, sometimes just that little word of encouragement to someone can mean so much. Hey, brother, do, you know, I just want to remind you, you are you are approved in Christ. The Lord is pleased with you. And and maybe, you know, Apelles was feeling unapproved. And, and wow, to hear that personal word from the Apostle Paul, I'm sure, was very encouraging. Greet those who are of the household of Aristobulus. Greet Herodian, my countrymen. Greet those who are of the household of Narcissus, who are in the Lord. Greet Tryphena and Tryphosa, who have labored in the Lord. And and you see this often. You, you kind of start to see a pattern. You know, relationship and reputation. These people are hard workers. They're laboring for the Lord. They're sacrificing for the Lord. Uh, Greet the beloved Persis who labored much in the Lord. So it's kind of interesting. The the first uh, Tryphena and Tryphosa labored in the Lord, but Persis labored much in the Lord. I can imagine when that was read, probably looked at, yeah, I'm I'm much. You're, You're just labored. A little competition going there. But, uh, but there are differences, right? There are those people that go the extra mile. They, they really work hard. Like, wow, you, you serve the Lord. You, you labored much in the Lord. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother and mine. So again, maybe that one little word of encouragement from the Apostle Paul to Rufus. Hey, Rufus, remember, you're chosen. You're chosen. Man, he might probably wrote that down and put it on his refrigerator when he got home. Did they have refrigerators back then? No. Greet Asyncritus, Phlegon, Hermas, Patrobus, Hermes, and the brethren who are with them. Greet Philologus and uh, Julia, Nereus and his sister and Olympus and all the saints who are with them. Greet one another with a holy kiss. The churches of Christ greet you. Now I urge you, brethren, note those who cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you learned and avoid them. For those who are such do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ but their own belly, and by smooth words and flattering speech, deceive the hearts of the simple. For your obedience has become known to all, therefore I am glad on your behalf, but I want you to be wise in what is good and simple concerning evil. And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. So, as Paul had been emphasizing so much the importance of unity in the church, he's saying, now, you watch out for those who come in the church and cause divisions and, and offenses. Offenses kind of, the, the Greek word is kind of like a, a snare or a trap. You know, you, that's what the Pharisees often did with Jesus, right? Try to set a trap so they could accuse him. And there are people who will come into the church like that, who, you know, they're argumentative, they have some strange doctrine. You know, they're not really focused on the person and the work of Jesus Christ, but it's it's some some strange doctrine. And Paul's saying, now, you know, take note, be aware, don't be foolish. Not everybody's 
teaching is good. And and it's really, I believe, that would be unbelievers who, who could infiltrate um, the church or a Bible study you're having. You, you just have to be careful because they can be used as by puppets of, of the enemy. And like he says, those they, those they don't serve the Lord Jesus Christ. They're not focused on the person of Jesus Christ, but, but they're just satisfied. They're, they're, they're just wanting to satisfy their own belly, or in other words, their own ego and their own purposes. And, and yeah, they, they'll, they'll even have smooth words, flattering speech. They'll be you know, seem to be really intelligent, be, be able to uh, speak well and charm people. Don't be fooled by that. Don't be fooled. And it's, you know, verse 19, it's really about obeying the Lord and, and Paul's commending them for their obedience to sound doctrine. And Paul says that you're to be wise in what is good, simple concerning evil. So, I, I believe in the context of what he's saying there, you don't have to be able to go toe-to-toe with these guys to be able to debate them. Uh, you just need to avoid them. You can see their spirit. You can see they're divisive. And it's like, you know what? We, you're really not welcome here. You're, you're causing trouble. Your, your, your doctrines are not uh, valid. And uh, you don't need to necessarily you know debate with people who have bad doctrine, especially if they're in the church. You know, they just need to to deal with them and, and not let them cause disunity. And so you don't have to go and study all of their false doctrines and figure all that out. You just need to be wise in what is good. And the evil, it, you don't need to know all the details about that. And then that beautiful promise in verse 20, this the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. Just walk in that peace of God. See, isn't that beautiful? The God of peace will crush Satan. Uh, you turn your problems over to the Lord and, and walk in his peace and let the, the Lord crush the enemy under your feet. That's a powerful verse. And then the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. So it's almost as if Paul Tried to finish the letter right there, but then he he kept going here, wanted to greet some more people, and then he says, the grace of our Lord uh, be with you again in verse 24, and then he keeps going. And so, uh, but that's always that that closing word or opening word Paul has, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. And and that, man, just to meditate on that and, and to think of that as kind of a summary verse of what God wants to do in your life today. He just wants the grace of Christ to flow into your life and to be with you. Verse 21, Timothy, my fellow worker, and Lucius, Jason, and so Sosipater, my countrymen, greet you. So now uh, the, the people that were with Paul wanted to send greetings to the, the church there in Rome as well. I, Tertius, who wrote this epistle, greet you in the Lord. So he was, obviously, Paul was dictating the letter and he was writing it. Gaius, my host and the host of the whole church, greets you. Erastus, the treasurer of the city, greets you. And Quartus, a brother. And then again, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. 
And then maybe they, you know, took a little coffee break and Paul came back. I still got some more stuff to say. Uh, Erastus, can you, uh, or not Erastus, who was it? Tertius was uh, dictating. Verse 25, now to him who is able to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery kept secret since the world began, but now made manifest by the prophetic scriptures made known to all nations according to the commandment of the everlasting God for obedience to the faith, to God alone, wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. And that, man, isn't that what everything in creation is headed toward, that God receive the glory through Jesus Christ? And just this closing exhortation and, and reminding them how God is is able to establish you, you. You know, God doesn't want us having a roller coaster Christian experience. You know, he wants us to be rooted in Christ, to be strong, to be established in that. How does that happen? Well, it's according to the gospel, to the preaching of Christ Jesus. Again, focusing on the person of Christ, uh, letting the Holy Spirit reveal to you the deep things of God in Christ, and it's manifested by the prophetic scriptures, you know, being in the word of God. These are the things that that bring victory in our lives. So let's pray. Lord, thank you for the word of God. Thank you for this wonderful book, the book of Romans. And Lord, may we just examine our lives today. If, if a few sentences were written about us, uh, what would others say about us? What is our reputation? What are our relationships in the church? And ultimately, Lord, what would you say about us? And and so that, Lord, the, the if there needs to be any sort of corrections or changes in our lives, you would show us that. And, Lord, we begin to just cry out to you in prayer and say, well, Lord, you're showing me this change. You know, I, I need to be more faithful in church. Or I need to step up and, and work more or pray more or whatever it is you're calling me to, then I'll begin to cry out to you, Lord, to, to work that in me and to give me the motivation Give me the power to overcome the obstacles that are thrown in my path as I'm attempting to serve you or to go deeper in relationships. And Lord, that we would make it a matter of prayer and until we see the breakthrough, until we see the change in our lives and, and we can break that pattern of uh, whatever it is, Lord, if it's laziness, if it's discouragement, uh, if it's, you know, we're just shy to get to know people, whatever it is, Lord, you would break that stronghold and, and we begin to see deeper relationships, uh, each one uh, hearing your voice for the calling that they have, whether it's uh, reaching out to a particular person in ministering or a, a, a particular ministry in the church that they should be part of. Lord, you're able to speak that, Lord, as we saw it. You do yesterday uh, in the men's prayer breakfast that you were speaking to people about their calling, and we thank you for that. That's what we want to see more of. And Lord, as we just take a few minutes now to be open to any kind of uh, word of encouragement to the body or prophetic word, we, we want to always give room for that, and we just we just pray, Lord, that you would... Uh, 
Speak to us now in Jesus' name.